You don't always have to fuck her hard. In fact, sometimes that's not right to do. Sometimes you got to make some love and fucking give us some smooches too. Sometimes you got to squeeze. Sometimes you got to say please. Sometimes you got to say hey. I'm gonna fuck you softly. I'm gonna screw you gently. I'm gonna hump you sweetly. I'm gonna bow you discreetly. And then I said, hey, I bought you flowers. And then you say, wait a minute, Sally. I think I got something in my teeth. Could you get it out for me? That's fucking teamwork. What's your favorite position? That's cool with me. It's not my favorite, but I'll do it for you. What's your favorite dish? I'm not going to cook it, but I'll order it from Zanzibar. And then I'm going to love you completely. And then I'll fucking fucking discreetly. And then I'm going to bone you completely. But then I'm going to fuck you hard. Oh. Welcome to the show. This is the Goodwin Podcast, and I'm Nico, your host. And today, I'm angry. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter angry. There is a code, gentlemen. This episode might be exclusively for gentlemen. And, and, spe- and specifically, when I say gentlemen, I mean the opposite. I mean codeless cowards. And that might not be for you, but maybe you felt slighted in a group or you felt the opposite, a a non-code within certain friend groups. And you can relate to this and just know you're not alone. And I hope you stick around and see what I mean. Relationships can hurt sometimes. This is true. This is true. And sometimes the longer the relationship, the more pain there can be. Because trust takes a long time to build and only but a moment to ruin. So when you build trust over time and you open up fully, create a vulnerability, when that trust is broken, it's very sad. But I want to talk another kind, a different kind of pain, and that's the pain of the pebble in your shoe. I think it's Muhammad Ali, but I don't know. I don't know why he comes to mind. But it's not, what is it? It's not the broken leg that'll end you. It's the pebble in your shoe that'll wear you down. 
I made a broken leg. Basically, a pebble in your shoe can wear you down over time. And if you are like me or like I used to be, I would allow a pebble to be in my shoe for, in this case, 10 plus years. The thing about, look, I want to make a caveat here. I'm angry and I'm partial and I'm angry at myself because I'm angry that I've allowed myself to be put in a situation to be used over and over again. I'm angry at myself for bearing the entire weight of any discord in a relationship in the name of peace. I'm mad at myself for making, for allowing another to make me feel crazy. I learned a new word. This is gaslighting, apparently. When someone tells you you're constantly projecting or they're, they basically unvalidate how you feel, particularly as it pertains to them. And this is a common, common, uh, goal of or symptom of narcissism now we've discussed in the past i'm not completely void of narcissism but i i make a constant i make a valuable effort to see it within myself and i've gotten a lot better at witnessing these tendencies and i think there are levels to this so although i may share myself through social media, which can be seen as, as narcissism. And sometimes it is, sometimes the intention is to be seen as opposed to give value, but I've reorientated that to put the viewer and put you in mind and give you something valuable, something to chew on, uh, to spread the light that I've been, I've learned or been given. So I, I look, I even still need, feel the need to put caveats on this because I'm going to be critical of another. And this is kind of the trip up with all the spiritual work, with all the um, plant medicine and ceremonies that dissolve the boundaries. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I really am one with all. Like there is no uh, boundary, no substantial boundary between my inside and the outside world. But the, tr the, the trick in this is when the medicine wears off or when that sense of oneness and peace has to be grounded again, I cannot make the outs I cannot impose the outside as myself. I cannot go around and say, oh, that is me. That is me. You are me. So, um, so you, I can't constantly impose the other as myself. It's actually the opposite. The unity happens when I celebrate or fully acknowledge the other as the other. There has to be a complete respect of the individual as a separate individual. And somehow through that, there's this union, there's this unity process. And there's this coming together. And because of this, I can no longer sit silent when I have let, when I have let someone hurt me over and over again. And I want to talk about a code and my code. 
If you're a friend, if you're in a group of men, for example, if you have a group of men that you are that you are close with or that you'd call friends, and there's one guy or or many guys within the group that doesn't ever bring any this is going to teeter on misogynistic so if you if this is going to be too much for you then i'm i'm really not interested and i probably won't even engage with your comments cuz then you're missing the point and you're not going to stick around to the end where it comes around but if you're a guy and you're not bringing women to the group if you're not if you're not bringing women that you've gone and try to create a relationship and then bring them to the group either through friendship or bring multiple people to the group. If you're the type of guy who waits for other men in the group to make relationships, to create relationships, bring women together, and then you just prey on the women that other guys bring to the group, then you're a piece of shit. If all of your relationships are are feasting and praying off of other friends relationships or if you're always preying on people that are in your community you're a piece of shit you are if you're not going to contribute or bring new energy then you don't have the right to develop steal or take energy away from someone who has brought that person into the group oh but it's up to them it's up to the woman and and decide who they like. Fuck you. Of course it's up to the woman. But if you're going to be the one that's constantly challenging, testing and create and and creating that discord, putting yourself in a position to take or to take that person's attention, you're a piece of shit and you're breaking the code. You're breaking a code. You're not a friend. This is this is this is clear to me now. If you're not going to contribute in the group, you don't get to take from the group. If you're not going to contribute new energy, fresh faces to the group, then you don't get to feast and pray off the group for your sexual needs. Code number 2. If a guy, if any of my friends, people that I consider friends, have a girlfriend or even someone they're interested in and they bring them around me that's my sister that's my niece that's my aunt they're not going to you're not going to catch me side-eyeing them looking at them undressing them with my eyes you're not going to catch me pulling them off to the side and having a a one-on-one conversation so that we get to so that they get to know me in a particular way and even if even if the friendship is is secure enough and their relationship is secure enough if we do have that one-on-one conversation seduction is a zero a zero and I'll do this by limiting the eye contact there won't be touching there won't be any looking at their ass while they're walking away because I respect the friendship and I wouldn't and that's part of my code. 
So if you're going to be a guy who undresses my girlfriend with your eyes, you're fucking out. You're out. It, there's, you're not coming to the cookout. You're not invited to the house. And when I see you next, you have that much less respect. That is a clear violation. I'm not asking you to test my relationship. If I was, maybe that would be one thing. First off, if you're going to have guys test your relationship for you, if you're going to have girls uh, test your man's loyalty, you piece of shit. You're not facing the problem. You're not creating a solution. You're finding a way out. You're not building, you're not doing the work to build trust. You're, you're exploiting trust with funk, some sneaky games bullshit. You piece of shit. You piece of shit. Oh, it's, it's not your job to test your friend's girls. Guys. You're not doing the right, you're a, you're a selfish narcissist. If you're doing that, that doesn't, it's not getting my friendship, respect or loyalty anymore. Not even close. And I encourage anyone to find their code and be rigid on it as well. If you're in a relationship and you're the one always going to that person's house, making the effort to drive to them. When you both want to hang out, you're always the one going to their house, even though it might be an equal drive. Well, of course it's an equal drive. You're driving there. They're either, it's either you driving to them or they're driving to you. If you're always going and, and if you're supporting their work and it's not reciprocated in any way, and I'm, I'm just going to fucking put it out there. I'm going to be as crystal clear as possible so that there's no... I'm, I'm talking about experience. That's why there's emotion behind this. I, I've had someone, the pebble in the shoe for 10 years, who is an artist, right? He's an artist. And, you know, yeah, he makes paintings, but it's he's not he's not supporting himself with his art. He's lived off of his privilege his whole life. Doesn't know a day's hard work. Maybe don't associate with guys who don't understand a day's hard work, who, who can never, who, who never picked up even a shovel. Last time I went to this guy, like over the summer, I went to this guy's house. He had a huge pile of mulch there that he was going to finally, I was like, wow, he's actually going to do some yard work. The pile of mulch is still there six months later. And when, it's, when the pile is there, this is this bullshit. I, I actually shoveled and, and, and mulched part of his lawn. I've been a workhorse I, in, my, in my past. Work, I've, I've enjoyed work in a lot of ways, but because of that, it's been exploited. I've, I've helped many people move, for example. And I'm like, well, I'm strong. I'm able I kind of like the work. It's it's no problem. You know, maybe they'll like me a little bit more. 
And it, I just can't respect guys now who are completely – look, I'm privileged as well. Now, I've had shame in this privilege, and I've compensated in a lot of ways by doing extra, you know, working extra hard because I've heard people criticize, you know, they're like, no one's, no one has, it hard. Uh, no one's a bigger piece of shit than um, guys who, you know, kids who have it all. And in a lot of ways I had, I've had it all. My parents are both together, even still to this day. I, I've had a debt-free life until I chose to take on debt and responsibility. But if you're willing to ride that out your whole life, if you never pay your own rent, you're not even going to try to have a job. If you don't know what it's like to work for someone because you won't put yourself in that situation, you, you lack humility, you're a narcissist, and you're a piece of shit. It's just it, like this is how I feel now. It's It's crystal. Like you can't, you have to. If you're under 40, I'm still under 40, constantly trying to humble myself. I'm constantly, first off, it's a reward to be able to work hard. Like, I'm grateful for my body. I'm grateful for its ability to dig fences and and wheel, and spend a whole day chopping down dead trees in the forest so that I have firewood for the winter. I I almost prefer the hard work. For a long time, I preferred the hard work. I've worked in warehouses, bagging chemicals, taking 50, 60 pound bags and mixing them so that we form new product. Like lawns, I did landscaping companies. I've done plenty of work. I worked for an environmental consulting agency and guess what that work? That, that work was emergency remediation. And we would go to sites and clean up, physically clean up spills. And some of the spills meant shoveling immense amounts of product out of uh, semi wrecks because you can't get a you can't get a, a bobcat down there. You can't get some a machinery down there to do it, so you have to do it by hand. So I'm not projecting. You, if if you are completely adverse to work, I, I don't see how you're building your humility. And if you're going to use injuries or trauma of the past as a means of getting out of any sort of work, getting out of any sort of physical confrontation, sure. I don't know your experience. I've had plenty of injuries. It hasn't, it hasn't stopped me. You know, I've had years, five years of jujitsu now, and I've had plenty of injuries. And you know, what's the difference is I keep showing up. And my body finds a way to repair itself so that I can keep showing up. Like the amount of the quit I'm seeing, the entitlement that I'm seeing, it's gross. Furthermore, if you're going to play mental games, if you're going to, if you're going to be passive aggressive, it's not going to jive with my code anymore. I prefer to be aggressive aggressive. If you want to bring aggressive to me, let's fight. You're a man. I'm a man. Now, granted, I trained fighting. I haven't stopped you from training fighting. You getting injured 10 years ago um, has stopped you from training or stopped you from doing anything like that. So 
So humble yourself so that you're not being aggressive to me with your mind. So you're not gaslighting me as well. So you're not talking behind my back, politicking, shading my name because you won't face me. And I don't blame you for not wanting to face me anymore. I'm angry. You, like, I, I fantasize. I think about snapping. I train jujitsu. Today I trained, I trained jujitsu. And this morning I woke up angry. And I woke up angry because I'm part of this men's, I'm part of a men's group, right? And in, 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 in the concept, it's, it's great. It's just what the world needs, right? Men come together. Everyone has a turn to talk uninterrupted. They get to share their peace and they get to, you know, not try to get fixed. They get to share their, they get to share their voice as long as they want. There's no explicit time limit. Then the next person goes, does the same thing. Afterwards, there's an open communication and then, you know, there's a music jam. Sounds great. It is great. Now there's 10, 20 guys that that show up to these, that show up to these groups. Guess how many of them called me when I got sick with cancer? Exactly. Are like that's might be all the evidence I need. That might be all the evidence I need. It's like I I didn't hide the fact that I had it. If you don't know me, um if you I got cancer I I thought about it a lot and a month later I decided to share it publicly. And the reason was is because well one I felt like I had nothing to lose and a lot to gain. Like I didn't want to this was before covid shutdowns. I'm like I'm going to show up to places and I'm going to look awful and I'm not going to be and chemo's going to be hard so I'm not going to be able to be fully present with people or smile. And it's better that they just know what I'm going through. And maybe, you know, there'll be some level of care. And there, and there was, and here's, here's the care. I posted it and 500 people liked it and 200 people commented praying for you. Beautiful. It made me feel good in the moment. It's like, oh, acknowledgement. And after that, almost nothing. My family was there. My brother was there. Um, there, like my parents' friends. My dad's fortunate. He has a lot. He has a group of guy friends of, of ten friends that were there for him the whole way. The whole time I was sick, they were there for him. One guy flew in from Florida the day he found out just to spend the day with my dad. And this is what I crave. This rant is about that. This rant is about creating a code for myself so that I can create friendships that are true. Like, what else do I, do I need to just die and they'll show up to my funeral? Like, is that the idea of care? And this is almost even this, this ended up hurting me even a little bit more is I'd put it out there. Hey, I've been diagnosed with cancer. If you have prayers, throw them my way. And people would say, 
they would message me, hey, if you need anything, reach out. Yeah, I need something. Okay. The problem with this is I'm going through it. I'm I'm in a lot of pain. I'm in a lot of suffering. So you want in that place of pain and suffering, when I can barely take care of myself, you want to be like, oh, I should call. I should call this friend from middle school, even though we haven't talked in years, because they said call many times. It's like if someone's going through it, don't put the work on them to maintain the relationship. If someone's going through it, how about be the one that calls them and checks in on them out of the blue, that sends them some dinner for no reason, even though they didn't ask for it. Hey, if you if you need anything, call. Hey, um, I'm not going to really give a shit after this message. I want you to think that I, I care. But if you need something, you put some effort into it, okay? Like, you're missing the point. You're going to get sick one day. And you're not going to want to reach out if you need anything. You're going to want people to check in on you. Spoiler alert. Putting the, the work of the relationship on the person who's, who's going through it. And, and, and guess what? Maybe 20 people told me to call them if, they, if, if I want to talk. Well, guess what? I called a couple of them. No answer, no call back. You're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. And I know it's not your entirety. I know you're a divine being of love and connection. But on the outside, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> I hope it's at least, I hope this is funny in some way. I don't think it is. I think this might be the most eye-opening episode, though. If you can, if you've powered through it so far, putting the work, uh, and gaslighting is, I just learned this, this topic. So I have a therapist. Okay. I was given a therapist after my treatment included in my treatment was eight therapy sessions. I've used those and I'm going to re-up on them because what has happened is I'm going through this conflict of realizing. So I, I get sick. I make it through the other side. I realize, oh my God, I'm giving my energy away to people that don't, that are indifferent. People that, that don't really, really care about me. My poor family who has cared for me and, and, and I haven't been giving energy to them. I've been giving it to people that, that don't. I'm going to put a stop to this. So I put a stop to it. But I can only put up a, a boundary so much because it's putting up a boundary means that I isolate myself. I've shared this in community. I've shared this in the group. I've, I've actually made episode 16 about friendship and vulnerability where I spoke that I had these boundaries. I spoke how I felt wrong 
And people responded by saying, sure, we'll uphold your boundaries, only to find out that they didn't do that. Back to square one. So not only is this person who's been using me, who's been gaslighting me, who's a clear narcissist, there's no repercussion. There's no justice. So now for me to cut this off, I have to give up, like, and we still show up to the same places. So I have to give up these, these activities. Like, no. And, and maybe the answer is yes. You know, there are a lot of people in, in the world. And I do have a lot to offer on a personal level. And to find and cultivate the friendships that there will be an equal amount of respect is something I have to do. But there is a part of me that I want justice. I want this person to see. And I want the community to see what this person does. And to validate it. And, and say, oh, I don't want to get involved. That's between you guys. So you're passively, you're passively supporting this behavior. You're just being... You're just not wanting to get in, you're being selfish and not wanting to get involved and not, you don't really care about justice. You care about maintaining your position in the community. And this is the, this is the group of people that's supposed to be enlightened, who's supposed to be working on themselves spiritually, you know, who's doing the work. And when it comes down to it, when you're not in ceremony, when you're not high, uh, what's there to show? I don't see it. And I'll continue to work. I'm sure the forgiveness will come eventually because I continue to ask for it and practice it. And a lot of the forgiveness is having to forgive myself for allowing myself to, you know, be exploited and be integrated in communities that don't have my back. That don't. The evidence is there. It's sad for me. <clears throat> so we start again and I do have people to be thankful for you know although they haven't it hasn't presented itself in friendships um, at least how I want them or expect them or how I you know I want someone to call me a, a couple times in a month like I've done, but to be, yeah. And I'm even willing to be the one who calls them a couple times a month at first to always be the one who calls them first. But I'm worried that by doing this, they're just going to get used to me always being the one that's calling. And therefore I'll never get that reciprocation. I thought that I had to give in order to receive but if I'm sacrificing any level of authenticity, it's not going to work. That's not how karma, I can't play karma like that. So have a code. You know, don't uphold that code. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm coming off as very hard right now, and I'm ang- and I, I, I'm angry. But 
I'm not shut, you know, I'm, it's not over. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep opening myself to groups of people and keep getting rejected until something, I find a group, you know, I find people that are able to reciprocate who, when I'm down, uh, they call me and they reach out to me and see if I'm doing all right. And it's not just me. Uh, hey, if you need anything, give me a call. No. I do need something. I'm dying. I do need something because I'm dying. And I'll be focusing on staying alive. So you call. I just think I this this must be in so many relationships. And I'm glad. Look, I got this lesson early. And I want to share how I, I received this message. I had a friend in college and his mother passed away. And every time I saw him, I would not bring it up because I thought that he wouldn't want to talk about it, that it would just bring up the pain. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be the one who brings up the pain. So I never acknowledged it. One night we get drunk and we get real. And he's like, why haven't you ever said anything? And I explained to him, well, I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want you to feel sad. And he's like, don't do that. He said, you not acknowledging it hurts more than if you, than a sorry. If you just would have acknowledged it and said sorry, I would have felt much better about our friendship. And fortunately, that made enough sense for me where I, I now know, I knew then to not shy away from people. If there's an elephant in the room, acknowledge it. And to acknowledge people's pain. And now I know it even more, having gone through it and, and being given, hey, if you need me, call me, even though you're, you're, you're dying. Hey, I know you're drowning right now, but can you, get me, can you make me a sandwich? No, it'll get soggy because I'm drowning in water. I learned that lesson and I know it deeply now. And I mean, my cousin's in the hospital right now. She's been in the hospital for a week. I, I feel bad for not calling her sooner. I call her today just to let her know that we're here, just to let her know I love her. We haven't had a rich relationship, but I just know the pain of going through it, being going through it. And man, the hours spent in the hospital alone and suffering. Wishing someone would extend some sort of acknowledgement or care one day a week and just not receiving that through friendships. It's too tough. If you have, if you know anyone that's going through it and you really care about them, reach out. If you don't care, then please don't front. Hey, and don't tell them to reach out if they need anything. That is a big bullshit. If you're not willing to be the one that reaches out, even though someone's going through it, you know what? You'll learn. You'll just learn. No, maybe life's not fair. Maybe you won't learn. Maybe you'll die peacefully in your sleep with many people around you. But I like to think that you'll learn. So this is a code. 
this is the this is part of my code now. And uh, you guys get to see this transition, this breakups that I'm that I'm going through, because I'm going to share this with the group next time I get to. And and no, I don't have anything to lose. What they won't call me? Well, back to square one. So I'm going to create this space after I feel like there's a sense of justice. And then I'm really looking forward to the new, you know, some new relationships being developed, some new friendships based on respect, mutual reciprocation, um, play, fun. Not conflict free, but conflict plus conflict resolution. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. There's so many people in the world, you know. And uh, there's so much opportunity to have relationships that can nurture and serve and, and love and allow you to serve and nurture and love to, you know, fulfill, to be fulfilled. And I'm thankful for the relationships I have with my family, with my girlfriend that are nurturing. You know, I'm fortunate. I can't imagine the people that feel like they have no one, you know. I'm already frustrated feeling like I don't have a, friends true friends. So I can't imagine people that feel like you have none. And if you do feel like that and you do get to listen to this, um, you know, reach out. (laughs) Well, reach out because I don't know that you don't have any friends. If you post something, maybe you're sick or you've lost a loved one, then I can reach out. But if I, if no one knows, and at least let me know so I can make an effort. <laughs> oh, it's good to forgive, though. I forgive myself. And um, I'm only saying that because one day I'll believe it. And uh, thank you guys so much for tuning into the episode. I hope this didn't scare you too much. And I don't really mind, even if it did. Because part of my code is not begging for anyone to uh, enjoy my presence or enjoy the uh, that which I put out there. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. I forgive you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. And thank you. This has been The Good Wind.